pizza. You're dangerously leaning towards the Mario theme song. Like it's like Mario mixed with Mortal Kombat. <laughs> you know, there was a representation of the inside of my brain. It's basically. That was all of them. Was all right. Pac Man, wasn't it? <laughs> Trying to figure out what the last one is. Wah, 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 wah. Oh, shit. I... Oh, wait, no. I'm doing okay. That would be the ultimate sin, a Pac-Man film. There is a Pac-Man? Like a live action? Oh, no. They made a live <laughs> action the Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> like... Yeah, I heard that didn't go well. Yeah. They did a live action Pikachu movie, too, but apparently that was actually kind of funny. Ryan Reynolds was in it. Huh. I, don't, I never saw it. I have no desire to see it. But apparently, uh... <laughs> Pikachu was a bit more um, naughty. Like, it, I, yeah. I don't think it was strictly a children's movie. Pika, Pika. Take a peek at my yeah. Dika. He was like a... Well, no, not like that, but like like a smoker or whatever, you know? Like, oh. he wasn't like a, a role model for kids. It's like Ted. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the Nightmare Box. Presenting mistakes for me. My name is Brett Bloom. I'm sitting across from the beautiful, the effervescent, the... It's smoky outside energy. Kristen Bloom! I am ready for winter at this point. Yeah. I am over it. But we got a gang of shit to talk about. I don't know how any of it connects, so we're just going to wing it. We're going to see what happens. We watched a bunch of different kinds of show. movies. Um, well, first and foremost, you might have noticed the heavy video game opener with the Mortal Kombat music and the Super Mario Brother. Last night, I wanted to watch Rain Man. I was looking for an Academy Award winning film. We tried to watch. We tried to watch Uncut Gems which we understood was supposed to be anxious and really heavy, and the sound design caused us to turn it off 20 minutes yeah, in. Yeah, it's atrocious, and I don't know if maybe it gets better, because we, uh, we didn't watch very much of it, so maybe if we'd given it a bit more time. But it sounds about like you're watching a movie in a crowded room and yeah. no one else in the room is watching the movie. They're all talking. <laughs> It, it did really have like that barroom feel where it's like I'm trying to track a conversation in a room full of conversations. And you can barely hear yeah. the one you're trying to listen to. Couldn't gather what Homeboy's name was. Didn't know what exactly was going on with that store. I, I, I gathered that he had some sort of a gambling addiction, but I didn't understand who he owed the debt to. And maybe we were like five minutes away from all of that being unveiled, but it was giving me a headache. Like yeah. I couldn't handle the, I feel the like even all if, the audio was at the same place. I feel like even if the story got more cohesive, I couldn't have like sat through two hours of that editing. Because it wasn't even just the levels were the same, like the music was too loud for mm -hmm. one. And then like it was edited in a way where all the audio was stepping on top of each other. So anytime someone talked... The other person started talking before they even had a chance to finish their sentence, and it was almost like it didn't even feel organic, because it's like, mm -hmm. how do you know what he was going to say? You didn't even let him finish. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I was very much confused. So we turned that off, and then Kristen was like, we can do Rain Man. And I was like, we're going to do Rain Man. And then seconds later, the Mortal Kombat movie. And so we watched the original. 1995 Mortal Kombat. What'd you think? It was not Rain Man. <laughs> <laughs> Like I think it Man. had the emotional depth. Sad. <laughs> don't be a douche. Rayman's a sad movie. I just don't want to be sad when it's sad yeah. out. No, I just wanted to watch something Academy <gasps> Award winning, and then uh, I tried to find the Pelican Brief. We were going to do the Pelican. We were going to do the Pelican Brief because they I've took never it down already. It. Yeah, 
Um, but we wound up watching Mortal Kombat. I just got high, and it was enjoyable. Like, I, I didn't hate Mortal Kombat. Like the, the CGI is pretty rough. Once I got to just laughing at the CGI, you know, once it was like, okay, well, that was the dumbest piece of dialogue I think I've ever heard. And that fight sequences, some of them were pretty cool. Goro looked on point. No, he didn't. <laughs> no, and, like, it's not... It's not a particularly deep movie, but it is literally a movie based on a video game. The video game came first, yeah. and they made a movie about a very popular video game, so it's not like the movie is, like, really deep and, like, character-driven or whatever. Um, it's basically the premise of the video game is they have to fight uh, for Earth. In a tournament. Yeah. Once every generation. <laughs> it only um, happens once every hundred years. It's like, no, dude, generations are like... Did you say generation? Yeah, I don't know if you said, said it's a fight that takes place only once in a generation, which would have meant that all of their family members, you would think, have fought in the tournament. Or yeah, but um, <laughs> it's a secret tournament that'll up your movie career. Yeah, and I mean, it's not it's not a clever movie, but I don't think it was meant to be because they literally use a lot of the music that's in the video game and then, like, a lot mm -hmm. of the sayings that are in the video game. They do the whole flawless victory and then, yeah. like, whenever Reptile shows up, I think it's literally the audio from the video game. It goes, Reptile. <laughs> like, it sounds like a computer saying it. Yeah. So, like, I think they use a lot of the sound bites from the actual video game. Um, so I don't think it's really meant to be clever. I think it's meant to be, like, fun. Yeah. Well, it felt like the Power Rangers at some point. I kept, mm -hmm. That was my favorite thing about it, and I'm, I have no idea where the rest of these movies were shot, but I just kept saying, like, this was just being shot in the backdrop of, like, all these movies from, like, 1992 to 1997. <laughs> it was like, oh, God, you know, on the other side of this, Spielberg's with Jurassic Park, because <laughs> I fell for the fake cameo, and I thought that was Spielberg in the in the opener. It, I, it was a convincing casting. Yeah. It did look a lot like They him. did want him. I did some research today. They wanted Spielberg to do the cameo, but I guess he was too busy making a real movie. I can't believe he was going to do it. Like, he agreed to it and yeah. couldn't. Um, but no, it's it's fun. Uh, that, that would have been the move if you're Johnny Cage. Is, you know, why send me to the death tournament, try to get me into, like, the Sundance Festival. <laughs> That'll probably have a bigger impact. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I, I've seen... I can't remember how many they made back whenever they made this movie. I know they made at least two or three of them. Um, and I've seen all of them as far as I know. I've not seen mm -hmm. the one that came out this year. But, I remember uh, I Annihilation being a lot worse. Yeah, because, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the one where I've shown you the picture. They have uh, Shiva comes into that one and Sindel comes into that one. And, like, those characters are pretty cool in the video game. Pretty ridiculous when you're trying to conceptualize them for a movie. Yeah. Um, when you don't have the CGI capabilities to make it look good. Mm -hmm. Um but it it is kind of, I guess, a little... I've never thought of it that way. Um, Power Rangers-esque. Because, like, mm -hmm. even the second one, I think, is similar. Like, it's just, like, a ragtag group of, group of characters that are thrown mm -hmm. together. And it's like, we've got to beat the villain! <laughs> so it is kind of... Minus they get to morph together into a cool dinosaur, yeah. the Power Rangers. <laughs> well, I think what was most disappointing, because once you realize what world you're in, I think you can get into just about any film. Um, that gets a little slippery when the film's trying to take itself too seriously. But when you're like 15 minutes in, it's like, okay, this is not trying to be a super serious thing. They understand the budget that they're working with here. They understand the source material that they're working with, and they're just trying to capitalize on the first video game success and the second upcoming video game. 
um, so once you understand that you're in that world, you can kind of slip into it. But the one thing that did bug me, and I guess it's because they needed the PG-13 rating, and I don't know whose idea that was, um, but Mortal Kombat is known for the horrific nature in which people die in these fights, and mm. we don't see hardly any of it. They do have the spike floor. That is in the video game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's about the only... The only death. Uh, but, fatality or yeah. whatever that they include in it. Yeah, we don't get to see, like, Scorpion's fucking hand thing go through somebody's dome. <laughs> no, we don't. Which we watched the trailer for the one that just came out and is now on DVD, and I definitely want to buy it. Um, <laughs> because in it, Sub-Zero... It's a lot bloodier. Yeah, <laughs> Sub-Zero, like, stabs uh, Scorpion with a fucking icicle of his own blood and i'm like that is what mortal Kombat should be <laughs> <laughs> they do i guess technically because i know in the video game it doesn't look the way it looks in the movie they do i guess technically use one of sub-zero's fatalities because i know in the video game he freezes you and then you break yeah so he does um, it to that random warrior yeah but it's not as they're flying at you you're just standing there all like dazed and then they're like finish him mm-hmm. and you like freeze him and break him so sort of used sub-zero's fatality i guess mm-hmm that I, I appreciate the amount of effort that went into trying to capture the nature of the video game because they have, there's not a ton of them, but they have a couple of areas that look like actual um, arenas or whatever that yeah. are in the video game. Like they have that room that has the giant dragon that has the spike floor mm-hmm. and then... Um, the place that makes sparks. That's not one. Um, No, like whenever a reptile like springs up on uh, Liu Kang, whenever they're on their way to go save Sonya, the room that he throws him into kind of vaguely looked like one of the arenas that you could fight into. So like they had a couple of areas. I think maybe there was like a forest scene. So even whenever Mm -hmm. um, Johnny Cage is fighting reptile, I think there is actually a forest in one of the video games too. So they were like kind of to some extent like, nodding at the video game and i was like oh that's cool yeah and uh, as far as the maps go and of course the newer games hadn't been made yet and the newer games have more of a 3d element to them where you can kind of move mm-hmm. move about quite a bit more um the scene where scorpion's chasing him through the what looks like an apple orchard um, and he's running around the trees we do kind of get this 3d cgi moment that was really interesting scorpion's little spear thing is traveling through these trees gives it a much more believable element as opposed to like that 2d overlay of the game itself Mm -hmm. so they were thinking ahead in that regard i don't know i have maybe just for nostalgia's sake though a lot of love for like uh like it's a handful it's not all of them but a handful of the original video games that were very like 2d like i love the original well, it's not the original original. The very first one was terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, it was but... probably like fucking three or four when those came out. But one of my friends had it. And because I grew up on an Air Force base, so I hung out with everybody's kids. And they had the game. And I remember watching it on the bed. Like not being, like my hands probably weren't even big enough to hold the controller. But like watching the that like squares of blood come out of people. <laughs> yeah. And like I love... Um... I think it's the second Zelda game they ever came out with. It's uh, A Link to the Past, I mm-hmm. think. And it's like dog shit, little square pixel people. And that's my favorite. <laughs> I love it. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. There's a, I, I never played any of the more modern Mortal Kombat ones. Like the one that I played, like you could 
um, you were talking about being able to like kind of move between. Yeah, you can uh, throw people into like other arena. Type yeah, situations. and like the one that I played, you could throw them up or down. I don't think you could do sideways, yeah. but like it had to be a very specific room. You couldn't do it in every room. There were certain rooms you could throw them up through the ceiling or down through the mm-hmm. floor, and like. Other than that, you did not really interact with the environment except to do a fatality. Yeah. It was, like, very basic. Just, like, who knows the sequence of buttons better <laughs> than the other person? That's the thing that I've never been able to figure out. I'm sure that there's, like, a list of them online that I could print out. But I could hardly ever get a fatality to work. Like you to get to do it cuts. so fast. They yeah. only give you a few seconds. you got, like, seconds. The dude stands there for, like... 10 seconds, you know, not moving. But if you don't bang out that code right away, then he just falls over dead or you got to run across and just punch him in the face and then he falls over. And it's like the one or two times where I managed to get off the code and like Sub-Zero would freeze you and like shoot you in one direction or another. You'd shatter into a bunch of different spots or I can't remember whose it was from the original game, but he would pull your spine out of your back and plant it in your head. (laughs) Yeah, there were a couple of cool ones and then some of them had like Goro super just lame ripping ones. you in half i think uh a reptile would rip off his mask and shoot acid at you and you'd burn down to just a skeleton <laughs> if i'm remembering right um but yeah it, it was like impossible to get those and like yeah. you'd almost like want to lose to the computer so the computer would do the fatality on you yeah. just so you could it would see do it. it to you every single time yeah. like, it never walked across it just kicked you in the head to put you out like it fucked you up every time <laughs> Do you remember your favorite character to play as? I always liked Johnny Cage. I just liked kicking people. And, like, he would get real pissed off about his glasses. (laughs) (laughs) It was always the splits and then hitting him in the nuts. I loved that. Uh, But Scorpion, by far, like, as far as if I had to pick one dude with the powers, you know, not one of the good guys. Scorpion always fascinated me. Get over here. (laughs) Fucking yanks your heart out of your chest. Which I don't know if... um... I don't know what the time frame is for when this movie was made and how far into the video games they were. Well, that's what I read earlier was I think the original game came out in 92. The movie came out in 95 Mm. and the second game was in development. So like the actors and everybody that was involved got to go in and like see like, I guess, beta versions of the game to get a more updated feel of what these characters were going to be in the second video game. Because, yeah, like I didn't own... um, the first version of the video game, I know that for sure. And I'm sure some of the characters that got introduced later on probably weren't a part of the original. But it's interesting to watch the movie and it's just like the very basic core characters. Like you have Sonya, yeah. Johnny Cage, Liu Kang, and actually those are really... And Raiden. Raiden. Those are the only really like hero characters in this one. And then you kind of get like Jax and stuff later on, I know, but... Like, the characters I like. The way they made Jax for the new one looks sick. So Zero <laughs> freezes his arms off, breaks them, and then that's how we get metal arms. Which, that's an interesting... That's pretty solid. <laughs> that's an interesting way of introducing that, because then there's probably some, like, contention between the two mm-hmm. characters. Because I remember in the movie where they finally introduced Jax, he's got the robot arms, too, but that's definitely they not how he got them. don't what happened. Well, I think they do, but I think it was just, like, an accident, because he's a cop, too. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just, like, an accident, like during work or something like he got shot or whatever um sorry didn't mean to derail you oh no you're fine but like like i loved which katana is in this movie kind of she doesn't really do much Mm -hmm. um but i loved katana just for the sake of like having like one of the original like characters and like she was Mm -hmm. fun to play as but like a lot of the characters i played as aren't people that you see until who was your favorite 
Um, if I was just gonna pick one, I would probably pick Katana just because mm-hmm. I liked her the best. But like, if and, I was in the video game, is she the one with like that fans. Japanese fan? Yeah. yeah, she's the one with the fans. There's a purple girl, and I can't think of her name that mm-hmm. also has fans. I think, um, but Katana is the original character that had them. But like, if I was like for real trying to play the video game and like go up the tower and get to like yeah. the emperor or whatever um, to try to win the game, mm-hmm. I would play either Sindel because she had this thing where she could like scream like ultrasonic yeah. waves at you your or head you would with explode your in the fatality. Yeah. <laughs> or Cyrax because he had the web he would shoot out of his chest. Mm-hmm. Or there was a character called I think Noob Cybot and he was like this dark ninja. And literally all you had to do was go up, down, up, down on the control. And he would like shoot up into the air off the screen and then reappear, grab the character and slam them under the ground. <laughs> so you could just literally go up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down the whole time. And like... You're one of those. <laughs> well, when you're playing the computer. You're fight, one of those. I fight dirty against the computer, yeah. I don't do that whenever I'm playing people. That's but... a point of contention. I don't believe you now. I'm, I'm buying... What did it come out on the N64 or the PlayStation 1? I'm uh, I'm buying one of the old systems. I think they N64. probably got it on the PlayStation Store. Probably, I think it came out in '64. Maybe I don't really remember. Um, Sega. Was no, it? it definitely wasn't Sega because my mom got bred for Sega when we were younger. <laughs> she pissed me off because I loved the Sega. <laughs> she was like, "You don't need all these video games," so she made us pick one, and we picked the Nintendo. Yeah, Dad brought back a PlayStation from a TDY in Turkey. And we became PlayStation people. My brother was a Nintendo guy up until the GameCube. And then I think that was the last Nintendo product that he bought. Or just the last Nintendo product that they made. <laughs> well, Tim and I just liked video games in general. So, like, we had a bunch of different ones we played. Like, we loved the Sonic series, which was on the Sega. Mm-hmm. I think Star Fox was on the Sega. And I loved Star Fox growing up. Um, loved the Zelda series. And that was on the Nintendo. Everybody yeah. loved Mario. That was on the Nintendo. Um, so, it would just... Depending on what kind of mood you're in, we'd switch back and forth. And then I never owned an Xbox. I always did Playstations just because... Yeah, I had a friend who had an Xbox. And it was like the thing was Halo. And I'm call me whatever. I was much more into Grand Theft Auto than Halo. <laughs> and they were exclusive to their platforms. And it's like, well, I know the next Grand Theft Auto game's coming out on this thing. <laughs> well, I think by the time we got to the era of like Playstation and Xbox the consoles and the games had gotten so expensive you had to pick one or the other like yeah. whenever it was like sixty dollars <clears throat> a pop you know? yeah for a video game but the consoles like four or five hundred dollars mm-hmm. like it's outrageously expensive and like i'm sure i haven't even looked into buying a <laughs> ps5 because i still can hardly afford to play my playstation 4. <laughs> but yeah like i'm sure you know at the time because you know it was earlier on when like the nintendo and stuff came out they probably seemed expensive but like the consoles themselves weren't anywhere near as expensive of as what they are now so Mm -hmm. yeah you basically have to be team xbox or playstation because you can't (laughs) afford to be both (laughs) but how forward and I, i i know that there was a lot of controversy surrounding mortal Kombat, obviously the game and i'd imagine the movie as well but they've got a ps or pg-13 uh rating so it couldn't have been too crazy controversial the film um how forward thinking um, of a fighting game to have? Which one came first, Tekken Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat? I have no idea. Probably Mortal Kombat was the last, Mortal. I'd imagine. Like they probably got down to like basic 
you know, punch this dude, kick this dude. And then they were like, what happens? We ripped his spine out and shove it through his eyeball. <laughs> I, d- I doubt that they opened up with Mortal Kombat. But how forward thinking to have male characters, female characters, human, um, demon, you know, all these like fanciful things mixed in. And have strong, yeah, and have them all, you know, have their own talents and abilities to completely fuck up the other one. So as a, even if we maybe were too young to be playing those games when they came out, um, as a young boy, I could beat a god, or like as a young girl, you could beat a god. You know, <laughs> like it, it, it was skill set. It was racially equal in a very odd way because. I don't remember an argument where it's like, well, you're just beating on a woman. You, It's misogynistic. It's like, no, that woman can also pull out her fans and saw your face off. So, like, <laughs> I do think the, there were... Everybody's equal. There were more male characters, I think. There were less female options, but the women characters they had were all pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, it's... And I'd be curious what it looked like to be on the writing team for the people developing those characters because mm-hmm. i mean the moves that they do are pretty absurd um but yeah no it was uh and i, I don't think i would have viewed it if i was a parent honestly as like a dangerously violent game even though some of the fatalities are pretty brutal yeah. just because it is so fanciful yeah, it's like, very yeah cartoonish it's, yeah like you're going into some other realm to mm-hmm. fight four-armed beings and, like, all this crazy stuff. Like, I don't think my mom would have been, like, down with me doing, like, Grand Theft Auto because you can beat a hooker. (laughs) I got Grand Theft Auto Vice City for my 13th birthday because my grandmother looked at the cover and said, this looks like something for a teenage boy. And she was goddamn right. But by the time my parents figured out what me and Ben were doing... It's like, I've got a katana, I'm decapitating hookers on the side of the road, and I'm taking their money. I'm 13 years old. I don't even know what, you know, my dick's trying to do. <laughs> Which, yeah, I mean, not that, I guess, necessarily one's better than the other, because it's all fake. It's all in a video game. But... That's the important thing my parents instilled. Like, my mom always wanted to make that very clear. Like, a video game's no different than a movie. They're fake. Don't, you know, think that you can run down the street with an AR-15 and just start gunning people down, do yeah. it in your game. <laughs> yeah. So, so I mean, realistically, if we're talking, like, actually, if one's more dangerous than the other, I don't think really one is, because mm-hmm. it's all fake either way. But uh, I feel like there's less of a freak out when it comes to stuff that's obviously not real life, because it's like, oh, you're never going to be a ninja warrior and yeah. outworld fighting <laughs> whoever to rip their spine out to begin with. So. Like, the Christian right back in like that 92, I mean, until today, <laughs> had a, and maintains like a, a vicious outlook at, at that kind of violence in a game, even if it is demonic in nature you know like it's otherworldly it's not happening and it's not the ufc you know like it's not this regulated thing when i play my ufc game nobody gets upset even though that actually happens in real life Mm -hmm. people climb into a cage to beat the fuck out of each other you know but they would get upset at a grand theft auto or they would get upset at mortal kombat uh, they were really do you remember when they were really mad about pokemon cards because they thought they were the devil I don't remember that. You don't remember really, that? I never really got into Pokemon. That wasn't, like, my thing. No, I, I I went to a... I guess when Pokemon was huge, I was in elementary school, and my mom taught at this um, Christian school that was, like, built next to a church. 
um, called Harvest Academy in San Antonio, Texas. I think it's been ripped down now, but she taught over there. And so we weren't allowed to have Pokemon cards at school. That's like we had binders full of them at home, but we couldn't talk about Pokemon because it was supposed to be the influence of the devil. You're worshiping idols. Yeah, that's pretty much what their argument was. <laughs> is you're worshiping these magical idols above your own god. And it's like, no, it's fun to collect. Well, I mean, if I was collecting baseball cards, you wouldn't have this issue because people actually play baseball. Well, I think... It's a solid theory I came up with on the fly. Well, I think, too, people discount... Because, um, I mean, yeah, there are uh, fairly mindless, like, just violent video games just because some people find that stuff fun. Like, you yeah. just go in and destroy as much as you can, and that's like the postal. point of the video game. <laughs> um, or but do. I, <laughs> but I feel like a lot of video games, you know, even if they are kind of more violent or or just real-world interests in general, kind of teach you subtly things that maybe young kids aren't really thinking about like pokemon for instance mm -hmm. is kind of instilling um like being responsible with i mean it's not real world money but it's a yeah. thing that's of value to you and you have to decide if you are willing to part with it to trade with someone else with what they mm -hmm. have that you want so it's kind of like yeah, learning... i've got this pokemon i could have this other pokemon except this dude's got a lot more expertise than this dude and if i make that switch now is that going to affect me later yeah yeah. so it is kind of learning like bartering and how much value you put into something and then i had a video game which i wasn't like a little kid i was a teenager that uh my oldest sister bought me and i i don't remember what it was called offhand Oregon Trail. no um <laughs> it was like a rpg game and i had never even heard of it before and she bought it for me and it was a bit odd but it was interesting like the main character that you actually play um i don't remember because i haven't played it in years how he got that way if he was born that way or what his deal was but he was basically um they they talked about his powers like in the form mm -hmm. of like his rage so he had rage and when his rage maxed out he would become this uncontrollable demon-like character but it's he not just the hulk no okay. <laughs> <laughs> but he just looked like a regular dude and I think he wore like a black trench coat and stuff mm -hmm. like he looked like just like an ominous like grunge kid you yeah. know and um, Danny Darko <laughs> and he would uh, like when you were playing him you would have to fight monsters out in the world and it was like him slaying demons and he mm -hmm. would collect the rage of all the souls he had murdered so like he was like I remember this game it was like Is really it Blood Rain? no um I can't remember what it's called. I'll have like to... the little, it's like, like soul something, I think. Yeah, like so the, the colors would come out of the bodies and like go into your dude, right? I don't think you would see it. He had a soul meter that would fill up. Okay. And like... But anyway, so he would like kill all these monsters and he was literally collecting the souls of these monsters and it was filling him with rage. And when if his rage got too full and you didn't go purge his rage, he would become a monster himself. So you would have to go to a graveyard. I remember this goddamn this, game. No, this game was like crazy. You would have to go to this graveyard and both of his parents were dead and his dad was like the same as him. He was like this monster mm. creature too. So he had like this really contentious memory of his dad being violent and a no. negative influence and he was afraid of his dad. Same. <laughs> and so he'd have to go to the graveyard and pay penance for the souls he had killed mm -hmm. and like the ultimate thing that you're going to face eventually is his memory of his father basically Shit. yeah and there's another Nintendo. girl <laughs> no this was playstation um PlayStation. there was a girl that like 
was the other, like, main character. Mm-hmm. She was kind of, like, the love interest that was, like, this little sweet, like, Catholic girl that, like, Jesus went with Christ. him. And she was, like, kind of, like, his guiding light. And he was, like, trying to protect her and, like, like purify his soul and all this crazy stuff. And it was, like, which, I mean, I'm sure super religious people would be, like, oh, that's devil worship or whatever. Because yeah. he was basically the monster. But it was, like, this weird, like, while you're playing a video game, fighting the bad guy... Like, this weird, like, conversation about, like, good and evil and religion and, and holding on to rage guilt and, and yeah, like, yeah. your own personal demons and stuff like that. And it was a really fascinating game. Yeah. That, I, I know this game. <laughs> I, like, as you were, I was like, yeah, I remember the cemetery. Like, I remember, yeah, you would I, have to, like, he would literally have to go to the cemetery and basically pay penance. Yeah. I don't think I owned it, but I can tell you, I'm not going to say <laughs> it on air because I haven't talked to that dude since I was, like, 10, but... I remember the kid down the street that had it. I remember the, <laughs> he had a fascination with James Bond and his mom didn't like me. And I would go over there and we would play games. And he had that game and I can't remember what it was. If I Googled it, I could probably figure it out, but I don't remember offhand. But yeah, it was an interesting game. And like, it was kind of violent sometimes too, because the actual like bad, bad guy that you were, that wasn't like his father's spirit, the actual bad guy that you were fighting, I think was like, a sorcerer of some kind. And like at the very beginning of the game, when you it's first... That's crap me up the most about... <laughs> what? Just to zoom backwards in time to Mortal Kombat? What do you... Sorcerer. <laughs> it made me laugh every time. Continue. I'm sorry. But like at the very beginning of the game, when he introduces this dude, like you're rescuing the love interest chick. And I can't even remember why, but he's there to get her from the bad guy because the mm-hmm. bad guy has her. He put because he's like full of rage. He punches the bad guy in the face, and his entire face like caves in, Jesus. like on one side. And then you run away with the chick, and that's how the game starts off. <laughs> and then you see his face like uncave itself and like God reform damn. back into place. And I was like, ooh, that's creepy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't like. I I think we've talked about it, but fuck it, we're I'm drinking. <laughs> um, my dad. Uh, my mom has never played a video game, I don't think. Like, she, I, there was like Wii boxing and Wii bowling, and I think she got really into the Wii because, like, she we could exercise. Yeah, yeah, she loved it. She'd play it with Ben all the time. But when I was a kid, my dad was um, out of the 55th SOS. He was a combat search and rescue guy. <clears throat> so, yeah, he brought home the PlayStation um, where we played Duke Nukem. I think it was on that, or it might have been on the N64, but, like, Dad introduced me to Duke Nukem, Doom on floppy disks, and I would sit on his lap, and he would just slaughter fucking demons, and so when we got Doom for the PS4, I sat and did nothing but play Doom for, like, three or four weeks in a row. (laughs) Um, And my grandmother got me into, like, Grand Theft Auto. I, I had a point... And then I got lost in this memory of sitting on my father's lap. Can you? (laughs) Yeah, like I, I, I don't have so much like the crash, crash, crash Bandicoot stuff. I do remember Mario sixty four, where it was like in three D and like you were fighting Bowser and you had like all those side missions. The ones where you jump into the painting. Yeah, where you jumped into the painting. Yeah, and I, I never beat that game. Like I think I always got it's a very stopped. Long game. <laughs> yeah, I think I got stopped every time in the last Bowser fight where you're like on this plate of glass that's like fucking. If I'm remembering it right, and he's like throwing little turtle shells at you, and then my close family friends, the Sallies. Um, they had good parents, and so they had all those games, and we would go play those. But my favorite 
memories from there were Eddie, the you know the guy who's a few years older than me, um, who I view as like my older brother in a way, uh, had Goldeneye. Did you ever play Goldeneye? No, but I've seen it before. I've just yeah. never played it. We would do death matches of Goldeneye for like four fucking hours while our parents played Trivial Pursuit downstairs. You have a Godfather video game too. I've played it. It's awesome and I'm waiting on them to update it so that we can do it again. <laughs> I was like, because you're a fan of the Godfather. They have a Godfather mm-hmm. video game. Yeah, they've got one or two. I played them when they both came out. Those are my types of shits, though. I was going to say, I've played the Godfather game. Yeah. Just got Saints Row 3 for the second time. (laughs) That game is absurd. (laughs) But, like, shit like that. Like, I I don't know. I I had a point. See, those games give me... It's the opposite effect for me. They don't make me feel... Like, I'm going to go out and shoot something. Like, I don't feel rage or anything like that with those video games. They give me anxiety. I can't play shooter video games where the bad guy's just pouring in at you from every direction. It gives me way too much anxiety. It's cathartic for me. I can't. Like, I... (laughs) Like, I... Like, my heart... Like, beat will go up. Watch Kristen. Watch me play Doom. (laughs) She hides behind her eyes. She says, how the fuck are you keeping up with it? And I was like, I don't know. It's too much for me. Like, it it gives me, like, legit real-world anxiety. Like, my type of video game. You liked Resident Evil. It's got the puzzles, but watching you watch play me play. It. No, you you would never hold the controller. No. I'd be like, sweat. I'll help you solve the thing. Yeah, you're awesome. When, like, <laughs> I like playing those. Like, I, I don't play a lot of video games, but I love playing video games with you. See, like, it's always fun. My style video game, and it would be so boring to sit and watch me play a video game. I tried game. to play Fallout 76 with you, and I, I was like, I don't understand what's well, happening. Well, we, like, we got to the part where we were like in the toxic water, and we kept drowning, and it was like, what the hell? Um, and I didn't like Fallout either. Fallout was gifted to me. I didn't buy it. <laughs> um, I hated that game. Um, but no, my type of video game is like Skyrim playing like the ninja level character where you can sneak everywhere. Yeah. So it takes me an hour to finish every mission because I'm just crawling around. Don't and get then caught. I, Don't I see get the bad caught. guy and I'm like, shoot you with an arrow and then crawling around some more. Yeah, that's my video game. It's It'd be insanely boring to watch me play because. I'm like, if I can kill you before you see me, yeah, we're all good. <laughs> I had to, uh, I had the exact opposite problem. I was really into the Warzone game with my buddies, and I was like, this is taking up far too much time. Like, I, 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 if I play a game on there for an hour, it's about all the patience I have for most <laughs> video games. Um, Red Dead Redemption will bury me. I will sit there for a week and do nothing but play Red Dead. Um, the Mafia trilogy, when they remastered that, that's all I did. Like I could sit there for hours and play those types of things. But um, the Warzone game, I, I had to stop that one. It's like, I love this too much. Like It's too fast-paced. I'm playing against other anxious fucking shoot-em-up people. And it's like, I could keep sending myself in on a parachute. I know it's the same map. I know exactly what's going to happen. I've never won a game in my life. But it was a, like, how long can I stay alive in this crazy goddamn environment? <laughs> yeah, I don't like those kinds of games. That just <laughs> gets me, like, way too worked up. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Skyrim's your favorite. Skyrim's kind of violent. Ah. Uh, but it's a lot more, like, strategy. I I'd say it's my favorite game. It's my favorite game that's a bit more on that level. Mm-hmm. Like, my favorite game is probably, like, the Zelda games. Yeah, you've got a t-shirt that has, like, a bunch of punch codes. I do. I love... It's 
it'll probably eternally be my favorite game. I'm gonna buy. They um, made a console that looks like. You got the... complimented on that T-shirt by a fellow nerd, didn't you? No, he was confused. Oh. I was wearing it at the gym, and an older gentleman came up to me, and he was like, "Oh, I was trying to read what your shirt said." He was like, "I'm a music professor," and he was like, "But that's not actually a music <laughs> bar, is it?" And I was like, "Oh no, it's from a video game." <laughs> um, Ocarina of Time. <laughs> No, it's from... Yeah, yeah, it is from Ocarina. God damn. That's right. I'm a um, <laughs> um, Which other people... I've worn it before and other people have, like, recognized it and yeah. been like, oh, I like your shirt. Um, but, yeah. I wanted to get a COVID mask that says, The Birds Ate My Face. It's a quote from Invisible Monsters by Chuck Palahniuk, and I was like, nobody's going to understand no. what that means. <laughs> Nobody will understand what that means. I don't even understand what that means. <laughs> Read the novel. I'm not going to ruin that one for you. (laughs) Basically, the more I read since he's written that book, it's become like a a trans, like, hero novel, which I don't remember those elements being in that book, but I I read it when it came out. I have not read it since. Um, But she's a supermodel who loses the bottom part of her face. Um, In the first couple of chapters, it's explained to have been a stray bullet that flew through her car windshield. And she has no personality. So when she loses her ability to speak, she has no personality and she's only known for being beautiful. What does that girl do? And there's this beautiful line where she's trying to explain with no lower jaw and just a tongue that sticks out of her throat. The birds ate my face. (laughs) Go read the novel. Chuck Palahniuk's a master. Continue, I'm sorry. No, I was saying earlier, um, they made a console that looks just like the old Super Nintendo, but it's not got the cart cartridges, so mm-hmm. it works a bit better. And it like comes preloaded with some of the old like popular games. Kind of like what they did with the Atari, <clears throat> where it's got like Asteroids and Pong and. No, like the. What they did a few years ago. Did they re-release it? Yeah, I didn't know that they re-released the N64. Well, it's not the actual N64. Or no, it's not the 64 at all. It's the Super That's the Nintendo. one that had the gray controller with mm-hmm. the blue keys, right? Yeah. yeah um, but, like, the original one had, like, a slot that pushed down, and you had to put a cartridge down yeah. inside of it. And, like, that type of system, like, wears out. Like, like my cell phone's charging yeah, cable. Yeah, because, like, it's, it relies on, like, prongs and, like, if... Like inside the little ports, like erodes over time, so it's just not the most effective way of like doing that. Um, oh, you alright? <laughs> um, so they released a console that looks pretty much exactly like it, but it doesn't have the slot for the cartridges, it's just digital games that are downloaded into it. Yeah. Um, and it comes like preloaded with those games on it, and I think a link to the past is on it, so I keep thinking, I'm like, I'm gonna buy because well, I think can, it's like 60 bucks or something for it. We can it. get it. I'm completely unfamiliar with the story. I'm one of those guys who thought that Zelda was the little dude that you played as and not, you know, the princess princess in the castle. The I learned that. Yeah, I learned that difference from Fagan after I fucked it up on this show like two years ago or whatever. He goes, no! Minimal amount of research, Bloom. You know? It's not just the princess. <laughs> Um, I do really like Ocarina of Time, though. That's probably my second favorite. But Link to the Past, even though it's shitty little pixels, mm-hmm. had the best storyline. What did Ocarina it. come out on? Uh, 64. It so it was the, the newer version. Mm-hmm. Then. Yeah, and it looked a, a bit more... I mean, it's not like 
the quality of modern games, but it looked a bit more like modern games. Like a 3D yeah. instead mm-hmm. of like a 2D model. Yeah, and you had the, that was when they introduced uh, Epona, the horse that you could ride, so you had your little <laughs> horse. and Epona? Mm-hmm. That's cool. <laughs> The Japanese were not fucking around in the 90s. Like, they knew what time it was. (laughs) But, I mean, like, I I don't know. It's a very character-driven series. Like, in pretty much all of the games, no matter the... Well, I think Twilight Princess was mostly different characters. But, like, the original games, when they kept, like, remastering them and re-releasing them and kind of updating them, you had, like, the core characters that were always there. So, like... Link was always there, Zelda was always there, and then you had, like, if you went to different areas, there were different types of people. Like, there was, like, a water place where the Zoras lived, and then the Gorons lived in the mountains mm-hmm. and stuff. So, like, it was kind of fun to, like, when they would come out with the new version that looks better, like, see those characters updated. How do you think, because I think that might have been what I was getting at earlier, um, outside of Grand Theft Auto, because if you've played a Grand Theft Auto, just watching it like a movie and trying to get through the story instead of doing the fun thing, which is just try to get yourself in trouble and blow up some helicopters. <laughs> if you play those games, they have really interesting plots that are really deep and they're they're played out through these mini games, especially San Andreas. They're doing a remake. <laughs> We're getting a remastered San Andreas. Happy as fuck. <laughs> um, but like, I didn't have a lot of story-driven video games growing up and that might be where my my lack of understanding of video game culture comes in is i'm a story driven person but i'm attracted to these mindless shooters which is kind of odd which i mean i think that's more common but it works for like red dead redemption or grand theft auto things that have a story like i can read that's why they steal my life for three or four weeks at a time which i mean i think and Correct me if I'm wrong, I guess, uh, gentlemen listeners. Um, <laughs> I think I think it's kind of a misconception that more RPG-type games are considered feminine, just because a lot really? of them have some type of love interest, whether it's the main character or side characters or whatever. So I think a lot of dudes feel like those games aren't meant for them. Hmm. But that doesn't make sense, because the stereotype of the female video game character is always like, well, she's got a bra. Well, yeah, no, (laughs) the stereotype is definitely, like, the oversexed female character. But, like, I feel like dudes feel like if they're like, oh, yeah, I bought a new video game, it's supposed to be, like, a shooter game. Like, they're not allowed to be like, oh, I'm into Final Fantasy. It's like, man, I'm playing Madden. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah, football game. Like, I, I feel like... I don't know. And maybe that's just the men that I've encountered that are game mm-hmm. players. It just seems like they don't feel like well, my two they can play RPG games. Yeah, Sergeant Sturm and Fagan are both into RPG games. And like they're the reason why I have any tolerance for them or that I try them from time to time and really enjoy them. Sturm plays nothing but Resident Evil. If you have a question about Resident Evil, I got a guy. <laughs> and Fagan knows all the old ones, you know, like, and he, like, to the bone, like, we'll just pull out random fucking facts about some game that came out 20 years ago and the people that developed it. He's a fucking genius when it comes to those types of things. And so they, at the same time, I don't think, I mean, we have similarities. Me and Sturm are both angry. <laughs> will hit you in a matter of nothing you know and Fagan is this beautifully poetic creative individual um 
so I, 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 I don't know. There's something about... Am I, am I keeping you awake, Jen? <laughs> it's you <they're> snoring. <laughs> <laughs> He's the producer. I thought He's you were gotta, producing. Google some shit. Gotta monitor the show. Yeah. Um, so I, I think there is something to that, though. Like, I... I think it depends on the My RPG. dad was a mindless person who shot people. I think it depends on the RPG, though, and I feel like to some extent you're sort of not dissing your friends at all, uh, supporting my theory, because I, I, I feel like Resident Evil is like a very action-heavy RPG. Like, it is an RPG it's for sure. It's a really sure. strategic puzzle game. Yeah, well, that too, but I mean, like, it's not like... Just get to shoot people. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but it's not like, like, there are other games out there, like Link, for instance, like kind of the tying um, thing in all of the games whenever they do them is Link is looking for Zelda. So, yeah. like, he's got, like, other shit that's going on and he's trying to save the world and there's all these bad guys, but he's always looking for the princess, basically. And um, Same thing with Mario. Yeah, Mario, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, very much just always trying to save Peach. And... Like, I really, really, really enjoyed... Resident Evil, you're trying to save chick that you met during the apocalypse. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's a... You're mostly fighting monsters. <laughs> like, there's... I'm not saying there's not a story. I'm not discounting that, but, like, it's a mostly you're fighting. It's an escape room. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it, I'm not saying it's not complex by any means. I'm just saying I feel like it's it's got a story... But there's a lot of action in between. Yeah. Um, God of War is not like anything like Zelda. Yeah, and even like Skyrim. Like, there's technically a story to Skyrim, but you're mostly out fighting. You mm-hmm. know, there's an, it's not really like story-driven. shooting yeah. people off their horses. Yeah, so I mean, technically there's like a goal in mind, and then you have side quests, but it's a lot of action You in can between. skip every cutscene. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> Pretty much know what you're doing. Yeah, still know what's going on. But like, I've not played all of them or even most of them because there are so many but like i've played like a handful of the final fantasy games and i love them like they're very well that's done. the one that never made sense to me that makes extreme sense to fagan and he's tried to explain it to <laughs> the, me like when right, we were sitting in the patrol car and I was beautifully like, done i was like i don't understand and what's happening dude. like heavy i mean you go out and you fight a lot there's a lot of like action going on too but heavy story driven video games like there is at every stage of the game like, a story that's happening that's integral to the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. And, like, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like some people, like, dudes in particular, like, see those kind of games and are like, those are for girls. And I'm like, no, man, like, you're fighting gods and, like, the fate of the world is in your <laughs> hands and this dude's basically the devil. And, yeah. like, it's like, I don't know, it's really fascinating, but it's just, it's very plot heavy. I'm, I'm curious as to what the, what the implications are there as far as, because... At the same time, like The Godfather, you know, the film, not the game. The game's awesome. I fucking love it. And I love the Scarface game, but they will not remaster those games. And I'm growing even more frustrated when I think about that. <laughs> in the Scarface game, you start off just as Tony. He, he survives the shootout at the end of the film and has to rebuild his empire. That's crazy because he definitely died. Definitely died. <laughs> um, but in the game, he turns around as this the dude's coming canon. through with the shotgun and then blows him away and then gets out in a limousine and has to rebuild. This so, like, you have to canon. start selling like you have to locate your first kilo of cocaine and then there's like a mini game where you try to sell it for an upsell and you have to build your money build your money buy your mansion back take over miami part two it's not canon at all 
uh, the Godfather game <clears throat> pretty much follows the strokes of the the main plot points. And you're but just you play an outside character, yeah. don't you? It's not yeah, someone that's... You play like somebody who would have been an extra. It always irritates me when they do that. They did that in the Star Wars video games too. And I'm like, no, motherfucker, I want to be Han Solo. Yeah, I want to <laughs> be Michael Corleone. Make me... Sh- yeah, in the Godfather game, you're not Michael shooting the guy at the table, the um, Salazzo and the sheriff or the chief. Uh, please. Um, you're not Michael, but you drop Michael off. You have to go fight a whole bunch of other people at a different location and zoom back and pick Michael up and get him out of the restaurant. So it plays kind of parallel to events. I, I get the reason for doing that, but still, like whenever I'm playing a video game that's a very famous franchise, I'm like, do not make me mm. some basic ass side character. Yeah. But. I think it's interesting that, like, The Godfather, and we've talked about, you know, what a dude movie is on here, is seen as a dude movie. But it's very little action for as long as it is. Mm-hmm. Very complex relationships. Very strong females. Like, it's... I think because and it's dudes a love it. gangster movie, though, is why it's an exception. Like, you could... Because uh, Sopranos is a yeah. movie about... A gangster who's struggling. Going to therapy. <laughs> yeah, struggling with kind of his moral compass, but because it's like, it's gangsters. Like, I think, like, that's a selling point for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. If I, I don't know, if I pitched the exact same idea to you where I was like, oh, it's a complex family internal struggle, and, yeah. you know, it wasn't. But I think it would be a fun game. Like, if you played Soprano. Um, and you had the option to kill that guy or listen to your therapist. And, like, you had a positive, negative, um, kind of like Red Dead Redemption, where people react to you based on the times that you shot first or shot Mm -hmm. second. So your morality sways one way or another and unveils different situations. I think people could get down for a Sopranos game, but I don't think that they could sit through the cutscenes. The people that want to play the Sopranos gang want to play a hitman that Tony sends out every other day to take out his fucking people. Well, it's not really... A, I mean, we stopped... What, at the, the end second? of... The, after the... Are we on season one or season two? Season two, episode one, we yeah. stopped. Um, but there's not... A lot of death. Um, the yeah. parts that we watched, anyway. I don't know if it gets... When The Sopranos goes off, it goes off. But it very rarely goes off. It's very dialogue. It's like The Godfather in that regard. Yeah, he's had maybe two or three people killed. Mm-hmm. In, in the, the first whole, season. Yeah, the whole time that we've watched it. So it's not been a particularly violent game but or movie. But I, I feel like, like I said, it's like it's, a it's an Italian mobster. So like people go like, oh, he's a badass. So he is, but he's also got a anything. soft side. I'm just saying, you're willing you're willing to accept the soft side because he's an and Italian And it came monster. out four years after Mortal Kombat. <laughs> Did it really? It started in the 90s. That's funny. Like the late 90s, I think. See, so the moral of the story is if you leave out CGI, your movie will age well. Yeah. Can you imagine Gandolfini in Mortal Kombat? <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe Cameron Diaz was originally going to do it. That's wild. That's nuts. That she was supposed to play Sonya, right? Sonya, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which would have been absurd because she would have been, at, well, I don't know at what point that was in her career. She might not have been very famous at that point, but she would have been the only like name person in I mean, the 95, film. I mean, 95, if she hasn't blown the fuck up, she is within like two years of blowing the fuck up. I feel like up. there's something about Mary was the film that kind of rocketed her career. But I couldn't tell you when that came out. 
<laughs> I think it was either late 90s or early 2000s, but I feel like that was the movie that kind of set her career yeah. in motion. Because I feel like after that, she did a lot of bigger stuff. Mm -hmm. I always mix her career up with other people. It's like I know exactly what she looks like, but like, I, I guess girl movies. <laughs> I mix up the actresses all the time because I don't know what their names are. It's like I know who's in Pretty Woman, but I'm not confident saying Julia it. Roberts. Thank you. <laughs> uh, Cameron Diaz. She was not in Charlie's Miss Congeniality. Angels. No, that's Sandra Bullock. Exactly. Those are the two that I mix up the most. <laughs> they look nothing alike. <laughs> I know, but they're power. Like they're they're brilliant actresses. I, I mix them up, and I'm like, I don't even care what your name is. This is fucking phenomenal. I love <laughs> Miss Congeniality. It's a little known fact again. Pretty Woman on Netflix. How about that deep fake video I showed you this morning? That's creepy. Defoe and that's Pretty creepy. That. <laughs> I don't know, see, stuff like that scares me. He's been in a wig before. He was in a wig in Boondock Saints. No, so. not the not the way that he looks. It's creepy that it actually looks like it is him. Like, mm -hmm. that stuff weirds me out. Which, I mean, it's cool, I guess, that technology has come that far. But, like, somebody could easily stick your face on the video of someone else and frame you for something, and then you have to prove that that video is fake. Yeah. I don't believe it. Like, that's pics. scary. I know that you can pretty much take my face, and if you lighten my skin and put it on my sister, we're identical. <laughs> but deepfakes are scary. Like, they've released, like, Are videos. they going to make videos? This is going to be the sucker punch. When they figure out how to deepfake a dead actor completely into a film, we've well, they, gone too fucking far. Well, they do it. I, they don't deep fake it because obviously that's we've had of... we had this conversation in like the very early days of the podcast they don't deep fake it because obviously that's <laughs> um because you for deep fakes you have to take someone's face onto someone else's face mm. so then you'd have to have an actor playing the role and then you just slap someone else's face on their face and i feel like that's kind of disrespectful but um for star wars like the more recent ones they've done they there was a dude that played like a general or an admiral or something, and they had a CGI version of him. Mm -hmm. And like, I think they did it to Carrie Fisher briefly too, but like, it took me a minute with the other dude to realize it was not a person. Jesus. Like, it looked vaguely off, and I was like, there's something like kind of wrong here, mm -hmm. but I like couldn't really pinpoint it. And then I was like, that actor is dead. <laughs> um, like, can you imagine if they brought Marlon Brando, like young Marlon Brando, if they have any color of like um, streetcar named Desire mm -hmm. era Marlon Brando, and they just threw him up on the screen one day and said, Marlon Brando starring in this brand new Quentin Tarantino film or whatever the fuck. But no, it's, it's legit kind of creepy how far that technology has come, come because I remember probably a decade or... 15 years ago or so they came out with a final fantasy movie mm -hmm. and the whole thing was cgi like the entire thing like avatar type shit um but they looked like real people it wasn't oh, okay. it wasn't like creatures like the whole thing was like cgi like real people um and you know had like voice actors and stuff that did it so the voice actors probably to some extent went in and did motion capture work for them but like I remember when they did the trailer, like, promoting that, and I saw the movie, it was like, that's really realistic looking, mm -hmm. like, but not so realistic looking that you couldn't tell it was CGI, like, it was obvious it was CGI, but, like, 
I think once we learn how to break that, like, well, I think we're there (laughs) though. That's fucking close. That's the point that I'm getting at. Is like I remember back then thinking even that was kind of weird because you could see the individual pores in their Mm -hmm. skin. That was how much detail they put into this movie when this came out, and this was like I said, good ten, fifteen years ago at least. Um, And yeah, whenever I went and saw, I can't even remember which one it was. Um, It might have been the first Star Wars film that they came out with when they started re-releasing them again um, within these past few years. But yeah, there was like a a famous character from the original one that was like a general or admiral or something. And they had him in this one. And like, it took me like half of the movie Mm -hmm. To put together that that wasn't a real person. Like, God it damn. took me a while. Like, it was that convincing. That's insane. Like, I just, every time he was on screen, I was like, like, there was a warning in the back of my brain that was, like, vaguely, like, this doesn't seem right. If like, something looks yeah, off, is it yeah. the foreground? Is it the makeup? Yeah, I couldn't <laughs> quite peg it. And I was like, something about this person looks just kind of off a little bit. They, they haven't figured out the eyes, like, the natural movement of the eyes. Because the eyes are, like, always moving around. And, like, that's... Like, like, if they stare at you for too long, then you can, like, focus in. If they get too close to the face or they don't have that little twitch, like, they, they, they're having problems with that or, like, the natural falling of the hair. But I think you're right. Like, within 10 years, that's going to be completely... I mean, we're basically we're there. on it. Because, <laughs> yeah, it freaks me and out. Once they like, figure once that out. Once I realized out, it wasn't a person. Yeah, once they figure that out and young Al Pacino can walk up and give old Al Pacino real person a hug, it's over. The line has been crossed. <laughs> I feel like it's a, di- a bit disrespectful, though, to do that stuff. Like, it's one It's going to thing... be a moral argument, for sure, at the Academy Awards. And the <laughs> actor died 40 years ago. Yeah, I mean, it's one thing to do CGI movies... Because you want to do CGI movies and, like, make the character resemble the person. Because I'd been trying to update the descriptions on the podcast. And I was just recently doing the one where we watched... Where I sleaze my finger? <laughs> no. <laughs> I was just recently doing the one where we uh, rewatched Loving Vincent. And mm. they have the chick from Peaky Blinders in Loving Vincent. And the painting looks quite a bit, like, enough like her that you can tell it's her. Yeah. So, like, if you're doing a CGI movie and you're That's just an trying... That's film. Yeah, if you're doing a CGI movie and you're just trying to capture the mannerisms of the actor that's playing that role, because that's just how you want to do it, that's one thing. But, like, bringing back dead characters, like, dead actors' characters mm-hmm. is, I feel like, a bit immoral. Like, it's basically like, yeah, we don't need you anymore. We got this. I love this as a thought experiment. I could ruminate on this all fucking afternoon. I think it's, I think it's questionable on how far you can push that without being I think very we're right disrespectful. There, though. Like, who's going to be the first one to try it? Be I, like, here's the guy well, who originally played Dracula in a Twilight movie. He's going to come out, and I can't remember that Italian actor's name. It's like, I went to Dracula. Well, I think you would have to get permission from the family because you can't. But you wouldn't after 100 years. Well, after 100 years or whatever, but like, you so can't you could legally. Get the original Dracula. You can't legally use someone's likeness when they're alive, and I would imagine if they're dead, you probably have to get permission from the family. I don't know that you can just legally... Well, they made Tupac do a concert, and he's been dead since 96. Well, the family might have been... (laughs) Like, the family might have agreed, but... (laughs) But, yeah, I don't know. I think that's a very questionable moral choice, 
unless you're very specifically briefly honoring the character in something, which I think is why they did it in Star Wars, because like his yeah. character was important to the plot. Who'd and they so, bring back? I can't remember. It was Wycon like a, Jin? I don't know anybody. No. Um, he was like, <laughs> He was one of um, Vader's, like, generals. I don't even know what his name was. Palpatine. (laughs) Um, But they needed him for, like, a scene, and, like, it was, like, to honor his memory Mm. or whatever, so. Didn't they do that with uh, Stan Lee? Or did they just use, like, one of the unreleased cameos? For what? The one that came out after he died, I think they put in a camp. I'm not a big Marvel person, I have no but idea. <laughs> like they, I, I think that they put him. Be, they had like a shot that got cut from one of the other films, and he'd recently passed away, so they put that shot into whatever movie, so that he could get like one last cameo. Probably, I'd, he's done a lot of cameos. They probably had quite a bit of stock footage of Stanley. <laughs> he's in every movie ever. <laughs> he's got more cameos than Hitchcock. It's kind of fun though, I guess, like with movies like that where it's it's like a silly movie. Like, I mean, I know people that are into super bureau, super bureau superhero movies are like very passionate about the movies they're into, but I feel like comic book films are kind of like video game films in a way too so it's kind of like just a fun easter egg where it's like oh that's a silly little thing (laughs) there he is well you're ready to call it love want to go eat some pizza yeah guys want to know what i had on my notepad today i'm just give you a quick rundown um because we opened this conversation saying we're not talking Mortal Kombat, but that's how we flow here. We started talking Mortal Kombat. We had a beautiful episode with my beautiful wife. Um, I finished All Fly Away by Rudy. Brilliant. There's definitely things in there that maybe I can't relate to, so maybe I thought, you know, I'll need a second or third reading, but I'm not a young black man in America. Um, I'll Fly Away beautiful to me second only to helium however i related a bit more to helium so like it it hit me a bit more i've never been a young black man in america that was going to lead into i just started the great pretender by Susanna callahan not saying her last name right c-a-h-a-l-a-n kahalan um it's called the great pretender and it's about this um psychological study where they got themselves put into a mental institution and had to convince it's one flew over the cuckoo's nest if one flew over the cuckoo's nest actually happened and then Django we watched Django (laughs) but I preferred this conversation so go read those books go watch Django Unchained and we'll catch you motherfuckers next week I love you And I love you guys.